Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Victor's Valiant podcast here on SB Nation and MazeandBrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me, as always, are Maze and Brew contributors Colin Logsdon and Andy McDonald. Guys, how are we doing today? Pretty good. I'm good. I mean, I'm here, so it means uh, must have been a win on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. and, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. Michigan pulled out the W against Minnesota. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to remind the audience real quick that MazeandBrew.com is no longer the only place that you can listen to our podcasts, all of our awesome podcasts here on MazeandBrew.com. You can now download us and subscribe on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Go ahead and just search Brew Podcasts and download those straight to your phone. You'll get a notification whenever the episode is posted, and you can take us on the go. So go ahead and subscribe for free today. Yeah, Vaughn, so, when can we expect those iTunes and Google Paychecks in the mail? I've been meaning to ask you about that. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> well, dude. It's that, been a long that's time. a fantastic question, Colin. I'm going to have to uh, uh, send that question over to managing editor Anthony Broom. I think he would be able to oh, uh, ad- address all of your concerns. Well, that just means yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get the runaround. Oh, <laughs> we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll make it big someday, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> but but yeah. So as Colin said, he's here. So that means Michigan won, and that's exactly what they did. Michigan took down the Golden Gophers of Minnesota in those boat rowing PJ Flex, thirty-three to ten, uh, this past Saturday in Ann Arbor. Uh, game started a little bit later than what most would have hoped for. It's supposed to start at seven thirty, but because of all the lightning they pushed it back another hour so they kicked off at 8 30 um you know this was really a tale of just uh the running game essentially uh for both teams really minnesota only passed 12 times brandon peters for michigan passed only 13 times so uh, not a whole lot of uh differences there but where the difference is comes in the running game minnesota ran for 90 yards rushing uh in the entire game uh, Karan Higdon uh, damn near doubled that, or actually uh, more than doubled that. He had 200 uh, rushing yards, two touchdowns. Chris Evans had two touchdowns, 191 rushing yards. So it was basically just uh, those two guys uh, on offense uh, for the entire game. They uh, both had uh, really long touchdowns. Chris Evans had a 67-yarder. Karan Higdon had a 77-yarder. Um, so they both performed very well. Um, you know, got to give credit to the offensive line as well, Cesar Ruiz. Filled in for Mike Onwenu. Uh He was out with an injury. So, um, you know, the true freshman really getting in there, um, getting his feet wet with his first start. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, except for the one time that he almost got Brandon Peters killed on that sack. He uh, completely missed his assignment there, and, and uh, he yeah. was benched in favor of John Runyon Jr. for one or two series, but he came back in. But other than that, one blemish, I, I thought he played really well. Um, and I thought the entire offensive line played really well, uh, if I'm being quite honest. I, I thought this was their best performance of the season by far. Um, you know, and, and with all the uh, good rushes and uh, good positive uh, offensive plays, I, I think that really um, you know speaks volumes of, of the potential of what this team can do, especially with Minnesota had a, a pretty decently ranked defense coming into this contest, so it was good to see that. Um, and it was good to see that Michigan finally got a night win. I, I feel like Michigan hasn't won at night in uh, in 20 years, so it was good to see that they were able to win uh, once the sun went down. Uh, the receiving game, like I said, Peters only threw 13 times, but uh, Sean McCune had a touchdown. It was uh, Michigan's first touchdown of the game. Uh, pretty nice throwback to uh, 
to McCune. Uh, it was 20-yard touchdown. He finished the night with 30 yards. Peoples-Jones had 18 yards. Could have had more if he hang, hung on to the ball uh, on a few other occasions. Shane Lee had uh, one catch, and then Maurice Ways and Chris Evans both had a catch for zero yards. So uh, not much for them in the receiving game. But uh, the defense, I mean, Khalid Cutson, this was a one-man show. He had uh, uh, 13 tackles, I believe, uh, eight tackles for loss, three sacks. Um, you know, I, I would say he's definitely the def defensive player of the game. Um, you know, yep, he had the forced fumble uh, that forced uh, fumble. Minnesota yeah, well, was actually uh, putting together a pretty nice drive there. So it was good to see that they were able to force a turnover uh, in a pretty opportunic uh, time. So it was good to see, uh, you know, Khalid Hudson really making his uh, presence known in all assets of the game on defense. Um, but yeah, Devin Bush also had nine tackles. McCray had seven. Uh, no one else really needed to do anything. It could have just been Kali Cutson out there, and he'd probably uh, be able to uh, limit Minnesota to a, uh, a low-scoring total. But um, but special teams, I mean, Quinn Nordine missed his one field goal. He missed one of his extra points. Um, Harbaugh said that, that he's kind of uh, uh, taking things a little too fast with his uh, kicking motion, so hopefully they, they can uh, get that kind of uh, uh, fixed in practice this upcoming week uh, before they play Minnesota. But um, but that's your game recap there. I want to start, though, uh, with the running game and how dominant it really was against uh, this pretty solid Minnesota defense. Like I said, Higdon had 200 yards. Uh, Chris Evans had 191 yards. It, it was pretty uh, – I mean, it, it was just domination. I, that, that's really the only word that really comes to mind and one of the only words that you can really use. Um what did you guys think of the running game specifically from Higdon? And he's just a few uh, – he's less than a couple hundred yards uh, shy of a 1,000 uh, rushing yards for a running back. He would be the first one to do it since Fitzgerald Toussaint back in 2011. Do you guys think that uh, he, he can do it? We'll start with Colin. Oh, I think it's just a matter of time before he does it. I mean, it's pretty obvious the way he's running right now. And um, my dad pointed this out um, actually after the game. Uh, just yesterday, he said he read an article where Harbaugh asked his dad, Jack Harbaugh, for some advice on how to get the offense going a little bit. And he said, just keep pounding <laughs> yeah. the ball. He told him, just yep. keep pounding the ball. Get back to your bread and butter. Stop trying to mix in the, the passing game and trying to make it 50-50. You guys are a run-first team. You're breaking a new quarterback now. You're breaking new wide receivers. You have, a, you have a ton of really good running backs. Your offensive line, that's their bread and butter, is run blocking pound the ball. Higdon has been phenomenal. Evans is now really coming along. I love what we're seeing out of those two. And fun fact, I just learned that Higdon's only 60 yards. He only has 60 less rushing yards than Saquon Barkley, Mr. Uh, Mr. Heisman, yeah, apparently. Mr. And, he Heisman has one, and, and he has one more touchdown, rushing touchdown. So talk yeah. about the most underrated player in the Big Ten and possibly one of the most underrated in the country. I, mean, I think it's a matter of time before he gets 1,000, and I wouldn't be surprised if Evans was up there too. I mean, the running game's looking great. Yeah, I can mm -hmm. kind of see why some people would want to want you to pass a little bit when you face Wisconsin, Ohio State. You're not going to run for 394 rushing yards. I mean, that, that that's crazy talk. You will have to be able to pass. Peters will have to be able to make some throws downfield. But, yeah, the offense, I think it should be 75-25 right now running game. And I think keep pounding Higdon. He's, he's looking like one of the best players in the, in the Big Ten right now. I think he's been great. Andy, what do you think, man? Do you think he gets to 1,000 and, you know, perhaps even get to 1,000 uh, uh, this upcoming weekend against Maryland? It, it is incredibly possible. I think that he does, 100%. I don't think there's any way that he doesn't. Three games left. I mean, I know the games get harder towards the end of the schedule, but the way he's running the football and the way Michigan's feeding it to him right now, I don't really see a way that he isn't going to be able to get to that mark. I mean, only being less than 200 yards off. 
Um, I think it's been just great that they've been able to find someone to kind of be there, not really their bell cow because they use a bunch of different people to run the football, but just to be able to kind of take an assertance in that run game, be able to just put together consistent games. It looks like he's the guy that really could go forward. He's only a junior, so, you know, Michigan can get him back next year. I think that's going to be huge. But when you say, you know, uh, ever since Mike Hart, Michigan really hasn't had one of those running backs. I know you said Fitz Toussaint back in 2011 had over 1,000 yards, but it just doesn't really feel like they've had somebody that's been that good for them that can really carry their team like that in a long time. I think Cron Higgins has been that guy this year. I mean, like you said, they're not using the passing game a lot, but, you know, all these fans complaining, why why complain so much when you got a guy like Higdon and Evans and all these guys that are running so well in the backfield right now? You might as well keep doing what's working for this offense at this point in the season, I think. And I think that there's no doubt Higdon's going to get it because he's just a hard runner. He seems to be able to break a lot of tackles, make moves. He runs in between the tackles well, and his vision is very, very good. He's very patient when he gets to the line to be able to find a hole. I think that's what I find the most impressive about him. So to me, there's no doubt that Higdon gets to 11 yards, no matter who they're, or not 11, 1,000 yards, no matter who they're uh, playing against. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and you wanted to use the phrase bell cow. But I think the phrase you were looking for was he's the new Devion Smith. I mean, this, yeah. this, is, the, this is the role that he, that he has really come into uh, ever since really the uh, Indiana game. Um, he he's the new Devion Smith. I mean, he's yeah, he's I think he's far better. He's far better. He's twice as talented. Devion Smith was good, but he was not nearly this good. Like, let's be honest. Well, about a- that. He's absolutely, far better. He, he's faster than Smith. He's not up to the pass blocking capabilities that Smith had. Uh, especially last season, I thought Smith was one of the best uh, in the Big Ten, if not the country, in pass blocking out, out of the running back position. Uh, <clears throat> Higdon did miss, uh, you know, one of Brandon Peters' sacks that he took. I, I, I think most of the blame could be put on Higdon um, last weekend against Minnesota. But, but it, I mean, once he comes into, uh, you know, the realization that he is that guy, I think he can step up and, and begin, uh, you know, getting better at pass protecting. And, and he's going to be getting 15-plus carries a game uh, from, from this moment forward. I mean, he's, he's been getting it since the Indiana game. Um, but, yeah, that, that's kind of just the back that he's kind of uh, evolved into. I, I kind of feel like Harbaugh was hoping that, that Chris Evans was going to be that guy this season, especially with how many carries he got against Florida. I think he was, you know, around 20 or maybe even more than 20. Uh, but Ty Isaac kind of took it over eventually, and then Ty Isaac got injured. And uh, you kind of had to insert Karan Higdon in there, uh, and he really showed what what he can do and what he's capable of still doing. And I've loved this guy since last year. You guys can probably, um, uh, you know, say that much uh, from me. But yeah, I mean, he he's been a monster all season, so I, I expect him to get to a thousand yards uh, most definitely. But um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that Karan Higdon, with the way that he's been playing, especially lately. Uh, picking up all these chunk running plays, I, I think he's going to get to 1,000. And I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he got to 1,000 uh, next weekend against Maryland. Um, but enough about the running game, uh, enough about the offense, for now at least. Um, I want to talk defense. because mm-hmm. I, I feel like we haven't talked a lot about defense here uh, on the podcast for a little while. It's been mainly about quarterback position, Brandon Peters, John O'Korn. Uh, let's, let's, get, let's get away from that for a little bit. Khalil Hudson, uh, he, his Twitter name is the Hitman. He's the Hitman for a reason. Um, he really dominated this game defensively uh, for the Wolverines. He he stepped up when he needed to. Um, he set the Michigan all-time uh, single game record for tackles for loss uh, with eight, and he actually set the new Big Ten single season uh, single game record for eight tackles for loss uh, to go along with three sacks. That forced fumble, and he had 13 total tackles, 11 of them being solo tackles. It was just an amazing performance by Khalid Hudson. 
what were you thinking, Andy, when, when you were watching this happen live? Um, because I certainly didn't think that Khalid Hudson would be the, the, the main guy to go to uh, on defense. I think he's just growing as a player as the season comes along. I think you see it more and more with uh, every single week. I mean, Devin Bush is the kind of guy that, you know, has just been consistent all season. He's kind of You kind of just expect him to get the tackles that he has now. You don't, I mean, it seems like every week there's a different guy. It was Mo Hurst there for a couple of weeks. So you're just looking to that, you know, it's kind of blowing up and making all these tackles. This week goes Hudson. I think Michigan just has a lot of guys on their defense that can have these kind of weeks and have the ability to, and Hudson showed fully what he can do this week. I think, you know, alluding back to that play where he did force the fumble, I think that was, like, one of the most impressive plays you can point to this season. I mean, he ran all the way off his block, came all the way back, and, the, and then instead of just trying to make the tackle, he made sure that he got his hand up there and tried to knock that out of his hand to force the turnover and make sure that, he, I mean, in general, just make sure that he couldn't complete a pass. So I think it's plays like that where you can just see them, them you know, him maturing as the season moves along here. And I think that, you know, it's not – it's not really I didn't expect it to happen. I think that it's just uh, it's something that this defense can do every single week. I think that someone different can come out and keep getting better because as the season gets later and you have younger players early in the year, which Hudson is, you know, you get to that point where they just start to grow and get better, and I think Hudson's right in that kind of a mix right now. Colin, what can you say about Khalid Hudson so far? Well, I think and what he's he kind of started the season very well, but then in Big Ten play, he got slowed down a little bit. Um, it just seemed like he was a second late in almost every play. Even though there was like getting an interception and always tip off his hands, or it was getting to the quarterback, it was something. He was also making some mistakes. I think he had a couple. He had a couple of penalties the other week against Indiana. He had a couple of bad penalties, but you could see you could see him. You could see the determination. Him just trying to get better and better each week. And this week, it just all came together for him. I mean, you couldn't be happier. The guy was all over the field. He was killing Minnesota's quarterback. They're running backs their wide receivers I mean the dude was in the back the dude lived in the backfield they had no answer for him the offensive line they, they were looking around confused on how to block this guy just because he's so athletic and it's funny I saw someone's tweet during the game that said he's already a better viper than Peppers was last year and I actually think that's accurate I think Peppers had the better big play ability crazy. but Hudson is just so much more consistent he has the bigger body so he can get off blocks a little easier and uh, knock guys down he's just so aggressive he's so fast He's everything you want at linebacker. And what's, what's cool is that um, he, Winovich, and Hurst are the three leaders in the Big Ten in tackles for loss right now. I mean, that's, that's nuts to have the top three guys in a conference in tackles yeah, for loss. It's that's crazy. Nuts. He wasn't even in the conversation before this week. He more, he, he more than doubled his total from the rest of the season. And I think now just with him, the way Bush has been playing, the defensive line, the way they've been balling out, I mean, this defense just took it up another notch. And I'm excited to see the way they finish up the rest of the season. And they're all – they're all very young, and it's only going to get better. I think the, I think the comparison to Peppers is definitely a fair comparison at this point in the season. What would you think, Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly there. Um, you know, coming out, coming into the off season, uh, most people were basically guessing that Khalid Hudson would be the next Viper. And just from what we were seeing, uh, you know, last season with him on special teams and how hard hitting of a guy he is and how fast he is, it's really not surprising to see him be uh the viper that that jabril peppers really never was um you know i i kind of think he's better fit for the viper role than jabril pepper was jabril peppers was more of the uh, cover guy that we kind of hoped would evolve into one of the best cover guys in the country that ended up being jordan lewis and jabril didn't really get that opportunity um but yeah i mean khalee Hudson, he was flying all over the place on saturday um, just being able to, uh, you know, do everything that he did and everything that he's done. And he almost had uh, the the uh, a blocked punt on the uh, one punt opportunity early in the game. And if he had had that, I mean, he would have solidified himself as uh, that. That may have been the best defensive performance in the entire country all season if he had done that and taken that back to the yeah. house for a touchdown. <laughs> 
Um, it, it would have been insane. But just the fact that he was able to set a program record, set a Big Ten record, uh, force a fumble, uh, cause cause that fumble that actually led to a touchdown and uh, help the offense out, get a short field. Changes the momentum, um, man. Those are the really plays big. this defense needs to make more of when you have yeah. an offense like Michigan has right now. Yeah, it absolutely changed the entire momentum of the, of the game because Minnesota was driving on uh, Michigan's defense. Um, but but that play came in huge. They scored a touchdown just a few plays later. Um, I think it was one of the Evans' long touchdowns. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's great to see it out of him. It's great to see it out of all the other uh, defensive players that – are assisting him, uh, you know, when he wasn't able to make big plays. Mike McCray, I mean, he he came in uh, pretty well uh, this past weekend. Devin Bush played really well, I thought. Uh, Mo Hurst had a sack and a half, and Chase Winovich had a sack as well. So it's good to see that, um, you know, it's not really a one-man show, even with all of these impressive stats for Kalik Hudson to, to show off at the end of the day. But, um, you know, he, he's really making everyone on the defense better. And I think that guys like Gary Winovich, Hurst, they're also making players like Hudson better. They're they're just making each other better. So this defense, I mean, the sky's the limit really for for the entire defense. Um, so it, it's going to be awesome to watch them evolve and grow um, as the years progress. Yeah, it. I couldn't agree more. I, I think I think the end of the season, you know, Michigan may not. You know, win as many games as you want to see them win in the year. But I think that at the end of the day, you really just got to watch these players' progression and see what they can do. Because, I mean, when you come back with almost everybody from the season to go, the confidence that you have at the end of the season um, could be really big in voting for what they do next year for how they feel and they take the field next year. It could be a lot different than how they felt this year. But I think it was a lot more like question marks. And Michigan was kind of like, you know, we don't really even, I mean, we never actually played games with each other yet. You know, a lot of these guys are freshmen and sophomores mm-hmm. that haven't got that much playing time. Next year is a completely different feel if Michigan can end this year with confidence. I think it's important for the young players in that team to remember that if Michigan wants to be successful moving forward. So enough, <laughs> enough about defense for now. Um, I, I, I think we've covered most of the basics there, but I want to get into a little bit of uh, Maryland preview. And I, I feel like Maryland... Uh, has really been on the short end of the stick in terms of luck. I, I'm pretty sure they're on their fifth quarterback right now, and, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm pretty sure it's their fifth quarterback because yeah. uh, their their fourth stringer, Borton Schlager, or however you pronounce his last name, he was injured uh, towards the end of the game last week. Um, they're, they're losing effort against, uh, I believe it was Rutgers. So, um, I mean, w- what do you expect to see out of this game coming up, Andy? Hopefully more of the same. Um, this is the kind of opponent that you really want to see Michigan keep taking advantage of. I mean, you say it like that, <laughs> five different quarterbacks. Um, I think I think, I think there's really no question that Michigan should be able to have the same kind of performance um, they did a week ago here against Minnesota. Um, I think right now you can see the difference in the uh, just the team in general. Right now with Peters running at quarterback and the defense kind of playing the way it is, they had some opportunities early in the season to be able to blow out some of these teams that were, you know, probably around the same talent level teams that Michigan should probably be able to handle and beat them more and they didn't. Now they're kind of doing that. They're blowing some of these teams out here as the as the season moves with Rutgers and Minnesota. I expect the same kind of things from uh, against Maryland. I don't think that it's really any closer. I, I think that you want to keep seeing – I think you do want to see more passing attempts. I think no matter what, you want to try to work Brandon Peters in more and be able to get him to throw the ball because it's probably going to be times against Wisconsin and Ohio State in the season where they're not going to have the lead or the, it's either going to be a close mm-hmm. game, whatever it is, they're, they're going to have to throw the ball more. So – you're going to need to see more of that, whether you keep it simplified or not. They need to, you know, keep working on those kind of things in this game, regardless of the situation. If Michigan even gets up by 21 points in this game, basically off all their running backs, I want to see them 
try to throw the ball more and get Brandon Peters more acclimated to throwing and maybe throwing downfield a little bit more, just throwing different looks at him so he's seen it before when they go up against uh, teams like Wisconsin and Ohio State in the season. Defensively, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. We've been seeing it all, saying it all year. I feel like a broken record. So hopefully that's what they can do. It's just kind of been the same thing. They, they, they do their thing, and as long as they don't have a, uh, a meltdown like they did against Penn State, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Colin, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think you nailed it right in the head with Brandon Peters needing more reps, needing to get more acclimated, needing just to get more, gain more confidence before the big game's coming up. I mean, obviously at Wisconsin, it's going to be a super tough environment. Thankfully, we already found out that won't be a night game because that would have been an impossible task going into uh, Madison, you know, the, the, the jump around crew at night. Thankfully, it won't be that. Um, but, yeah, this week he really needs to get more and more. I was hoping to see him get more against Minnesota, but the run game, I mean, you can't go away from it if you're getting, you know, 20 yards of carry or something like that. So I don't blame it there, but he will need more than 13 passing attempts to be ready for the games against the Badgers and the Buckeyes. Um, and I don't think it's just for him either. I think it's also for the young wide receivers. I mean, it seems like Donovan Peoples-Jones was the only receiver to catch a dang pass against Minnesota. Who else caught a pass besides, you know, the, the tight ends? I think DPJ was the only wide receiver to get some action. I want to see Crawford get back in and get some more catches. Nico Collins to get more, uh, the more catches. And Grant Perry to come back healthy and get some more catches. You're going to need those guys to beat Wisconsin, especially Ohio State. You think Ohio State with their D-line is going to let you run all over them? No, you're going to have to beat them with the passing game as well, especially in the secondary has been their weakness. I mean, Iowa threw all over them. So Peters and those wide receivers are going to need that, need that confidence, need that chemistry going into that game. You can't wait till the end of the season to just throw them into the fire and expect results. Football doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, look at Michigan State, <laughs> the their young quarterback and their young wide receivers. They're setting the they're setting the games on fire with that passing attack. I want to see us get gradually start getting towards that point. But thankfully, we do have a good running game. That'll help. You can build off that. And defensively, yeah, you're right, Andy. I mean, they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing all year. I have nothing but confidence in that unit. They will keep you in games no matter what. So just more of the same there. But Peters will have to get more throws. And they need to set him up for success, not those little third and 12 throw for two yards across the middle. No, exactly. That, that, that should throw across the sticks, make him make some throws downfield, and let him use that athleticism uh, to run around a little bit as well. I think he's shown that he can be a game manager. I think he's shown that he, when he gets out of the pocket even, he can still find his receivers. He sets his feet. He makes the throw. He did that a couple times uh, against Rutgers a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'd like to see more of that, you know, just personally from a watcher standpoint, just see what he's able to do. Um, out of the pocket and downfield, just get, getting different looks. I mean, the, the simplified looks are good. That's what you need to do with a young quarterback like that. But I also think that you do need to air it out every now and again and try to see what he can do because at this point in the season, what's it really going to hurt? At this point, you can only get better and move on from that. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much where I'm at for Maryland. Vaughn, how do you feel about this game coming up? Yeah, I, I think Peters is going to have to get some more <clears throat> some more throws in there, um, you know, whether it's deep shots or not. Um, you know, if, he, if he's passing, you know, e even if he has 20 attempts, that's fine. Um, but I, I would like to see some more play action out of the offense just to see what kind of looks you're going to get from Maryland's secondary. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do expect a lot more of the same from the run game. I expect Higdon to be uh, like, like Higdon's been the last few weeks, getting 15-plus carries. I expect uh, Ty Isaac to get more into the swing of things because – Harbaugh said uh, not too long ago that he expects Ty Isaac to be available for the game. He expects Tyrone Wheatley Jr. to be available for the game and uh, Grant Perry to be available for the game. All these guys missed the Minnesota game. So being able to have yeah. these guys back on offense, and, and I believe he said on Wainu is supposed to come back as well. So, um, you know, to get all these guys back on offense, um, you know, down the stretch for the rest of the season is going to be huge, especially for a progressing quarterback like Peters. Um you know, I, I would go as far as to say as Grant Perry's probably been the best wide receiver this season. So to be able to get your best wide receiver back is huge, um, especially with Wisconsin and Ohio State looming. 
um, ju with just a few weeks away. So I expect a lot of the same out of the offense. I expect the defense to do exactly the same as what it normally does. Uh, typically, they'll give up one or two uh, uh, long touchdown drives for the opposing offense, and then they'll shut everything down uh, the rest of the way for that. I don't expect Maryland to be scoring a whole lot on this defense. Um, you know, if they do, in fact, um, have to play their fifth-string quarterback, I, I don't really foresee a fifth-string quarterback uh, taking down a, a stout Michigan defense like what we've seen so far out of the Wolverines' defense. Um but yeah, I, I expect a, a lot of the same, and uh, I, I also expect a lot of fans on Twitter to be pissed off that Peters didn't throw as many again. <laughs> um, you know, it, as long as the offense flows, I'm fine with it. I mean, if Peters is, I mean, it's it's it to me, it's one thing. Like, it's fine. It's fine that they don't they don't throw it as much and they try to run it. And I get it. Like, you know, you got to do what you're working for yeah. your offense. But you can't tell me that when they go up against Penn State, if, or not Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, if they don't have a run, if they don't have two dimensions of their offense, then I, I don't think Hig I mean Higgins is a good running back, and he's been able to do his job. And you want to keep giving him the ball, and you want to keep giving all those running backs the ball. Cause that's that's probably the best, yeah. the most talented point of Michigan's offense right now. I think that's unarguably. But you need to get still be able to be balanced and be able to have some kind of a threat to keep them honest in the outside of the passing. Because if they don't do that, those teams at the end of the season are going to shut down Michigan's running game because they're going to be so one dimensional. So I think you have to go both. I agree. Plays yeah, and try to use both. No matter yeah, what. I agree, man. I'm I'm with you. I I think that I think they will get Peters some more looks. Um, you know, Maryland's defense as as a whole hasn't been all that good this year. Um, so I I would expect a little more passing plays. I mean, Harbaugh even said it that that he wished that that Peters had got a little more rhythm uh, into the game because he he did have a few passes there where he kind of lofted them and and nothing really happened. Uh, he just threw incompletions uh, basically to the receivers' feet. And uh, Harbaugh said that he wishes that Peters had been thrown on the sidelines more because a lot of these plays, uh, you know, the, these long rushing touchdowns that Higdon and Chris Evans had, Peters didn't have any pass attempts in those series at all. And I, I kind of feel like uh, with with that and the way that the defense played, getting the ball back quickly and, and uh, rushing for 67-yard touchdown, 77-yard touchdown, that kind of throws off your rhythm as a quarterback a little bit just because you aren't able to mm -hmm. uh, uh, pass in those situations and your offense is so quickly off the field that, and you're not passing on the sidelines, that you are going to be um, a little out of rhythm and you're not going to really be ready for your next offensive drive to pass around, especially when it's cold and rainy as it was uh, at the big house on Saturday night. So um, I, I think I think Peters will get his time. Um, I, I don't expect him to be throwing 30 passing uh, attempts by any means, but I, I would say if he, he's around 20 or 22, I, I think that would be a pretty good day. So... Uh, finally, I'll, I'll, I'll get your guys' yeah. predictions here. We haven't had any uh, uh, predictions in, in a little bit here on the podcast. We say most of those for the Amazing Brew Roundtables. But I will uh, start with you, Andy. What do you expect the score to be? And, uh, you know, what what's one takeaway that you hope uh, happens on Saturday? I think Michigan wins this one pretty handily again. I don't think the offense puts up a lot of points, but they, they put up enough. I think it's a 31-10 to like 10 type game. I think Michigan wins by about that much. Um, I think the takeaway is Michigan took care of business against the three teams they needed to take care of business against. Um, after the Penn State game, they didn't take any steps back. I think Michigan's only moving forward at this point. And then I think everyone's just kind of interested to see what they can really do against a real team with this new-look offense with Brandon Peters. That's probably my biggest takeaway. Um, Colin, what, what, what do you think happens in this game against Maryland prediction? 
And uh, also, what do you uh, what well, do you think Maryland you can take away from Rutgers. it? So I think that tells you all you need to know about the Terrapins and where they're at right now with like their 50th string quarterback. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be quite quite the same we saw against Minnesota, if not more so. I mean, it will be on the road, but Maryland isn't a tough place to play by any means. So I expect the Wolverines to run in there and just run the train on Maryland. I think it'll be over by the, halfway through the first quarter, if we're being honest. I think uh, Hayden Evans will, have, will continue to have big games. You'll see Peters make some throws. And the defense will force a couple turnovers, maybe have a pick six, something like that. It'll be definitely over by, uh, by halftime, I'd say. I, I'm picking Michigan, I think, 45-7, to seven, I think, at Maryland. I, I mean, it might even be a shutout. I don't see how the Terrapins even get any points, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them seven. Um, yeah, I think it'll be another blowout. And I think takeaway just will be more confidence heading into Madison the week after that. I mean, we were lucky to bring in Peters at the time of the schedule where it was easiest all season. You had the lucky three-game stretch. But after that, it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. It's throwing him into the fire. It's going to be his toughest test by far in a super mm-hmm. tough environment, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, in the Big Ten. He's going to have to produce in that game. But by that point, he'll definitely have that confidence and that game experience to go with it. So I expect Michigan to roll this week, and I think Peters will finally be ready for next week. And it's going to be a great showdown in Wisconsin. You'll, you, that's going to be a slugfest between both teams, and I'm really excited about that. Sure. And Vaughn, uh, just uh, going off of that, what do you think your prediction would be for this game? Um, yeah, I I expect a pretty low-scoring game for Maryland. Um, I think as of right now, I think Michigan's favored by 15.5 or something along those lines. I think they actually cover this game uh, just because of how well their offense has been playing with Peters, and the run game has been phenomenal. I, I, I'm going to say somewhere around – 33 to seven. I, I think uh, I, I think Maryland will get their one touchdown, and uh, the rest of it will be uh, Michigan's offense and and Michigan really taking over the game. I, I don't really foresee this being a, a super close game by any stretch, just because of Maryland's uh, injury plague that they've had all season and their defense hasn't been very good. Uh, I'm gonna feel bad for DJ Durkin after this one because this one should be uh, another blowout in favor of Michigan. Um, but we will see. That's why they play the games, right? Um, so we will, we will very well see on Saturday how all this goes. Um, hopefully we'll come back with you guys next week for another uh, victory podcast mm-hmm. on uh, Victor's Valiant. So for Colin and Andy, my name is Vaughn, and we will talk with you guys next time. Go Blue.